Hello and welcome to another Off the Crossbar podcast with Regan Walsh and Brad Morris, in which we discuss everything that's happening in football. But before we get to that, if you like what you're hearing, like and subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, Acast or wherever you are listening to us, with weekly podcasts released on Mondays and Fridays. But as I said, I'm joined by Brad and what an end to the weekend we've just had in the Premier League. Okay, I guess you could say it's been a solid one. That is depending on which end of the spectrum you're at. You, ah, can't say that again. <laughs> it de- yes, please say that again. I guess, it, I guess it depends which end of the spectrum you're looking at it from, considering Hung Min Son ruined my one. Wow, well, yes. And um, if you're a neutral football fan, the last game just between Liverpool and Man City was definitely an absolute thriller, to say the least, in the second half. Oh, well, then again, um, I'm not sure. Most- Manchester United fans or Chelsea fans uh, they care too much Chelsea fans are over the moon no. the result probably <laughs> yeah I'd say they're the most over the moon as they're still top of the league um, United fans won't be too disheartened I mean the joint they've got their own problems got different separates them. yes um, but we will start with that game from Anfield Liverpool Manchester City Um not the best of first halves for Liverpool, only one shot on target and I think I remember seeing a stat at half time saying uh, they've only had one shot in that first half for the first time since 2017 when they played against uh, Chelsea. Uh, so not the best of starts to the game for Jurgen Klopp's side. However, the second half they definitely grew into it. Say, Man City pretty much dominate the first half. Move on. Don't ever remind me of that first half ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, that's the second half definitely made up for it. Sadio Mane opened the scoring just over 10 minutes into the second half. Lovely uh, assist from Mo Salah to give uh, Liverpool the lead. And, yeah, it was just an absolute class bit of football. Like, Liverpool just seemed to find that second gear that they needed to in the second half. I don't know. I think it's less second gear, more they were very clinical with what was their first decent chance of the game yeah you could say that was probably their biggest help was they actually took their big chance uh, when it was needed where Man City had a few ifs and buts chances not I think too special in their first half but weren't able to find a way past uh, Allison in goal yeah Liverpool they got that one like you said clinical chance and got it the goal Um The lead lasted, though, for 10 minutes before Phil Foden equalised for uh, the Citizens. A lovely goal as well from Foden, if I say so myself. Almost a perfect strike. You can always see in his face as well when he's hit Eno, is that sin? (laughs) You couldn't take the smile off his face. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, beautiful finish. And what an assist from uh, Gabriel Jesus as well. Better assisting than he is scoring. Yes. Um, again, it was a bit end-to-end then for the next 10 minutes or so. And then Mo Salah, the Egyptian dancer, turned up and scored a beautiful goal. Yeah, we found this season's goal that Sky going to obsess over for months fun in. <laughs> uh, nah, it was beautiful. Yes. That was beautiful. Just dances around one, gets around another. Oh, he's surrounded by three of them. He's through them all. And then it's the angle that he scored from as well. Yeah, it's such an acute angle to try and uh, beat Edison, and he just does it with ease. 
and just oh really really uh, lovely finish from Salah to put Liverpool ahead again um, and then unfortunately that wasn't enough for Liverpool as in the 81st minute Kevin De Bruyne decides to get in on the act and pull Pep Guardiola's side level so the two point two teams sorry shared the points in this one and that second half will be remembered for a long time and uh, it's the last bit of good football we'll see now for the next two weeks as we head into the international break unfortunately oh, shh, don't say those words <laughs> <laughs> well yeah overall that was a really cracking second yeah, half maybe slightly um, lucky two teams you can see yeah, maybe slightly luckier second goal like Matip is not them could you say Alisson saves it uh, possibly you could do but it's one of them where you're not too sure realistically what would happen because of it um, but yeah that second half uh, just proved to me why these two teams are going to be properly up there fighting for uh, the title come the end of the season we said on the preview show on Friday there'd be question marks over Liverpool whether they would be taking a serious contenders um, heading into this weekend's fixture and I think it was well and truly shown why they are capable of being uh, real title contenders this season. Yeah. I think even while watching it, I realised it doesn't matter too much if one of them loses. Because they could just both easily go mm. on a long run and then get themselves in it. Maybe Man City yes. could have afforded the win a little bit more. But you, you put enough faith in these teams to, as I said, go on the long runs. Yeah, definitely so. And um, I think they'll start clicking a bit more after this international break. Um, no, this is not, this is the penultimate international break because there's one in November as well, I believe. Um, unfortunately, but yeah, two sides that are definitely going to be up and fighting for it. And yeah, there's definitely no advantage to either side. I mean, even though Liverpool are technically one point ahead of Manchester City in this international break they're practically identical uh, heading into this break yeah however we have to look at the opposite I can ask a question because I want your thoughts with this is Mo Salah the best player in the world right now not the best player in the world but I'd say he's the best Prem player yeah I suppose I could buy, yeah, I could buy the Prem player, but there's definitely serious debate to go that he's the best performing player in the world right now. Yeah, I I still have to give that to Robert Lewandowski. Like, you don't think how often you see him? Yeah, he usually is, but I'm just saying the last couple of weeks he's been out injured. But um, yeah, the likes of Lewandowski, Erling Haaland, Mo Salah, Karim Benzema, like. These four players are just absolutely lighting up their respective leagues uh, week in, week out. And it is crazy that like, no one seems to give Mo Salah the respect that he deserves. Like He is an incredible striker and he's always the one out the front three for Liverpool who you know is always going to perform. I don't know if you could describe him as a striker there. You could describe him as a forward more than... Well, your, your typical yeah, striker but yeah yeah. Like this goal proves that he, it's undeniable now mm. 
I feel like that is right. that. Yeah. It's just uh, yeah. Again, but is that everything with with this one? I feel like there's a lot more, yeah. but obviously crime scene. If anyway, can I add the one last thing because I have to go in on Sky, or more specifically, Martin Tyler. <laughs> I know you don't have COVID. What is your problem with my what, what, is, what isn't my problem <laughs> at this point? Yes. I know you have the commentary off when you watch games, so you don't get to listen to it. You just have to get your info from Twitter. But mm, I haven't actually seen what he said this time around. Oh, it's, oh, Jesus. <laughs> but um, are you aware there's a James Bond movie out at the moment? I am, although I'm not probably going to watch it, but yes, I do know the James Bond movie came out this past yeah, week. It saved the Martin Tyler was also aware because he kept drilling down endless puns <laughs> into our brain. Well, yeah. there's no time to die. No, no, you don't. Know he said so. it was when Foden and Milner came together in the first half. He used the. He didn't even do it right. It was number seven. No time to dive. Yeah. Just oh, God. God's sake! Honestly, they could have added to the Super Six extra how many times Marty Tyler was going to make Bond references. <laughs> they might as well. You, <laughs> most people, you would have lost count with that. Honestly, it was like, do you know what it was? It was a way more overboard version of me. Would I see a chance to make a music pun? <laughs> hmm. Right. Um, enough about that game. We have to talk about a team at the bottom end of the table not bottom but a team onto their 15th manager or 16th Watford FC sacked Cisco Munoz today being uh, Sunday the 3rd of October following the team's uh, 1-0 defeat to Leeds United. Uh, what are your immediate thoughts to this second earlier on today? Obviously, we saw all this. You have to be quite careful, or at least we should be careful because you have to get a wider perspective on this. It's mm. easy from our position and the outside to go, well, to what the owners. We know that mm-hmm. this is what they're like. Yeah, they're so ruthless when it comes to firing managers that this isn't a surprise and if you actually watched them yesterday even if you watched those highlights you could just see that actually maybe it was a very understandable decision to make yeah it's one of them where <clears throat> their recent performances haven't really been that up to scratch I mean yes they got the win against Norwich uh, midway through September but they just haven't been anywhere near as what they were last season. And I think a thing with Watford is they try and spot the problem as soon as it's starting rather than when they're midway through a problem and then it's too late for a new manager to come in and try and rescue something. Because many fans, like you say, will be like, oh, it's Watford, like you said, they used to sack in managers, this, that and the other. But... If they can spot the problem and stop it before it becomes too big, then you've got to give credit to the Pozzo family and everyone else who is involved with these decisions and getting it done quickly. And with the new man that looks set to take over, wait, wait, he knows how to do it. Wait, before we get to that, we will get on that one. But um, 
seven points from seven games on paper doesn't look all that bad, does it? Like, there are two wins... Uh, no, sorry, have they won twice this season? Yeah, two wins were Norwich and Aston Villa. Um, Norwich side, I think everyone was expecting them to be uh, because of how poor they were. And Villa, start of the season, it was a bit out of the blue and Villa weren't up to scratch yet. And then the rest of their games were played. A 2-0 defeat to Brighton, 1-0 defeat to Spurs, 2-0 to Wolves and then a, uh, a 1-1 draw with what uh, Newcastle last week before this Leeds defeat yesterday and it's, it's them seven points are good at this stage because I mean they're down in what, 15th, 16th is it? 15th and they're for me, they're, that's they're 15th now, they were 14th yeah, the 15th after the other results um, they're fully where I expect them to be yeah like obviously the whole media narrative is going to be oh what are they thinking, they don't Give the managers time to do anything. The guy's been there for ten months, and yeah, he did well to get them promoted. But it's they obviously didn't see that it was going to work out for this one. I just wish people would look further outwards because if you see the online discourse among Watford fans, it's that the right decision was made. Yeah, you know, I don't see. It's weird that I've just not seen much Watford fan perspective on this. Yeah, I haven't seen too many fans realistically saying, like, this is a bad decision. I have seen quite a lot of people going, actually, although he does try and to play this, like, quick counter-attacking play, it seemed at times, um, it seemed to cost them a lot at the back. And I do think a change was going to happen inevitably, whether it was going to be before this international break, which obviously has been the case, or whether it had been sometime between this uh the next one which is i believe uh mid to late november yeah and um yeah many people wouldn't have made this prediction of him being the first one sacked at the start of the season would they so uh, oh wait i did <laughs> who did i say would be the first one sacked you said Mikel said <laughs> No, I said he could be. I said he'd be. You said Mikel Arteta. Shut up. You said Mikel Arteta. First consequences. Did I? Did I actually say Arteta is would be the first? Don't make me insert the clip. Wow, I don't want to find it. I didn't think. I thought I said that was be the shock of the season. Him being sacked before. Don't try and reword my early season predictions. No, that's what I said in the predictions I said. Because you asked me for the shock of the season, and I go, Mikel Arteta will be gone by Christmas, which now is looking a bit uh, wrong, obviously. as No, no, I remember now. I've just remembered. You said Steve Bruce. Yeah, I was thinking I'd... You still look stupid. (laughs) I mean, the fact that Steve Bruce has held on to this job is... Oh, God. I've got Bruce stuff later. (laughs) Well, yeah, but... um, there was reports today that one man is set to come back to England after a very victorious last time out. Everyone's favourite Italian manager. Get the bells out. Dilly ding, dilly dong, come on man. It's Claudio Ranieri. He's set to be back man, come on, are you not happy? Was that supposed to be Italian? <laughs> it was kind of, but then it just... It started and then it went very Indian. <laughs> yeah. The lesson about my uh, 
attempt at accents, the better. Uh, but yeah, Claudio Ranieri set to become the Watford manager at a time of recording. It hasn't been formally announced, as far as I'm aware. He is literally the only name that's getting mentioned. It's it probably oh, yeah. surprising if by the time this podcast goes out that he isn't announced. Hmm. Um, obviously, it's been great to see him back in uh, English football because I feel like he was a bit wrongly dismissed from Leicester, but at the same time, it was also an inevitable cause. Uh, he's had a few jobs since then, and um, I think he will do well at this Watford time team. Sorry. Yeah, if anything, well, I think if I can add, if there's anything. If someone gets Watford relegated, this is going to look damning on him. Although, then again, he'll get sacked yeah. in a month anyway. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, he's been out of the job since the end of last season after leaving uh, Sampdoria. Uh, been away from, like we said, English football since leaving Leicester. He's been in France. Oh, no, sorry. He just, came back with Fulham. Just Fulham, yeah. Was Fulham, wasn't he? Yeah. Not last Fulham season. Was last it was the season before. Yeah, 2018-19 was when he was at Fulham. Yeah, couldn't save them. I mean, no one could save that bad team there that season. Like, they were dreadful. But, yeah, it's going to be an interesting task for uh, Claudio Ranieri, should he, obviously, like we said, get the job, although he's expected to. And We ask for one thing. Just one thing only. What? Pizza parties and the Foster Vlogs. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to say it. Right, I'm going to roll through his, fi- his first fixtures as uh, Watford manager so straight up after the international break Liverpool next week Everton the end of October Southampton the start of November Arsenal the 20th of November so after the last international break Manchester United the 28th of November Leicester City the 30th of November Chelsea the 4th of December Manchester City the 11th of December Brentford what is the Italian for? Oh shit! I mean, uh, I'm not Duolingo over here. I can't tell you. <laughs> well, <Ask> yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, she's muted. Um, but yeah, that isn't an easy start to uh, life as Watford manager, is it? I don't think you could get any harder. Yeah. Um, oh gosh, I have to do this. In very honourable passion. Farewell, Cisco Muniz. We hardly knew ye. Mm-hmm. But going back to... So we got mute, and that's... Happy Manchester United fans. <sighs> Let's get it over with, because... I'm sick to death of hearing these people chat their absolute bollocks. So, Manchester United played the early kickoff. Early kickoff on Saturday, United versus Everton. Uh, Solskjaer made a handful of changes from their... Wednesday evening game and yes I am emphasising Wednesday evening and Saturday 12.30 kickoff. fucking stupid BT and Sky coverage absolute bunch of wankers no other team that played on Wednesday (laughs) in the Champions League played at the same time as Man United there is no need how many times has Klopp Guardiola and every manager in the Champions League in the out of the English teams complained about this early kickoff on Saturday after playing on a Wednesday. Why are they still doing it? More football. Just put another game on from the Saturday fixture list. Like if we look back at Saturday's fixture list, 
swap the late game from that day, which was Brighton versus Arsenal, put that as the early game, and then put Man United versus Everton at half four or half five, whatever it was. It's called viewing figures. Because Nobody's tuning in for Brighton versus Arsenal anymore. That's a mid-table clash. Eh, it's a bit harsh on Brighton. <laughs> no, it <there> was, actually. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's just ridiculous that they were doing that. Uh, that they've made United do that and then last night on match of the day Danny Murphy was complaining about uh, Ronaldo being on the bench he's 36 years old he played stop on Wednesday we have to, I'm making this official mandate and Danny Murphy's name is never going to be mentioned in this podcast again I'm sick to death of complaining about him he's a bad yeah, I mean, accept it right, let, yeah so on Wednesday evening right Ronaldo played 96 minutes against Villarreal in the Champions League. Wait, as he was we playing know, he 96 minutes? I thought he only played the last five. Shut up. <laughs> I'm not allowing you that stupid joke. And you're expecting him to be... I don't care even if he is probably the fittest footballer to ever play. He's going to need rest and recovery time between Wednesday and Saturday it's just not physically possible on the human body at that short amount of time well here's where I'm going to surprise you because yes I'm going to back you with that one alright yeah you yeah, have the rest someone like that yes as fit as he looks or abs and yeah. all it's it's, 50, yeah, it's a 36 year old bloke who needs to rest sometimes but yeah. no, um, no onto the game itself, no excuse anyway. when you still have Edinson Cavani up front how are you still drawing with Everton? Right with a chance. Um, well, let's talk about the Everton goal. Uh, the Man United goal, we'll just say, brilliant play from Bruno and Martial with the finish. He's actually finally scored this season. I didn't think it would ever actually come with Martial. But, um, excuse me. <coughs> the Everton goal, right. So they counter-attack from a United corner. Now, when was it Damari Gray's out on that left-hand side, if I'm recalling this correctly, and he shrugs Fred off the ball? Why, before that, when they're both running out to that left-hand side, doesn't Fred just bring him down? Yes, take the book in, but it slows them counter-attacking. The free kick's going to get given, and that allows everyone else to get back because the rest of the United def- defence there was so high up from that corner that they hadn't had time to get back at all. It's almost as if... Just foul the fucking player. It's almost as if you're making the same mistakes you were making in Champions League games last season. It was like someone's not coaching them right. I mean, it's, no, I, don't, I think the thing is, though with this whole coaching thing fans were complaining about Jose Mourinho and Louis van Gaal not playing attacking style football Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is trying to do that with what he's got and yes there needs to be a compromise between the two but that will come sooner or later and that kind of mistake from Fred wouldn't happen if United were able to sign a decent holding midfielder in the summer who would have been a, who would have brought a tackle in like if you say uh, I'm just saying a few names that have been touted with Man United in the past I'm not saying they would have joined United or will join United at all but you like sort of Wilfred and Didi uh, Declan Rice just to name two if them two players are there they're 100% making a foul there 
to stop Damari Gray counter-attacking. Now, the easy solution is any Man City player is probably making a foul in that situation. Well, yeah. So I'm not too disheartened about what Solskjaer did tactics-wise. I think even the substitutions he got right. It's just that United need to be more clinical in the final third with their chances because I think I can think of two clear chances in the first half. The Martial attempted header, which it was awful, and then Cavani's header which was easy for Pickford to save and then there's a good few more chances and times in the second half as well where United should have scored more than they did so I don't think Ali's to blame too much it's just the team themselves they need to be more clinical and like Bruno says you can't take your foot off the gas when you're 1-0 up when you're 2-3-0 up yes but when you're only 1-0 up against any side you've got to be more clinical that was a lot of information to process in, in that last minute. <laughs> but I don't care what you say on Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I'm not going to respect this man if he continues to persist with the McFred partnership. How does this guy still think that it works? Uh, but what else options can you do there, though? Hmm, if there was someone on the bench who, you know, given an actual proper run of games, he might come good. I mean, this whole Donny van der Beek situation, I just, I don't understand. Because you've not seen him play enough? No, he's a very good player, and I saw a lot of him during his time in the Eredivisie with Ajax. It's a different situation. You've got to see him in the Premier League under a run of games, and then you could properly judge him. Right now, every reaction you see him make on that bench when he's not getting games, it's completely justified. Yeah, I mean, it's one of them where... Sooner or later, something needs to say, right, Tony van der Beek needs to start um, United's next game, which I believe is against Leicester City after this... Yeah, Leicester City after this international break. We need to see van der Beek starting or at least coming on for half an hour, if he's not starting, coming on for half an hour and then putting in a showcase as to say, Oli, this is what I can do if you play me. Yeah, like at what point does Oli just now stop relying on those who are consistently letting the whole team down? Well, I think he's got to figure it out sooner or later because, like you said, you can't be going a whole season with McTominay and Fred as your holding midfielders. Like they're just that's not going to win you a title, a hundred percent. No, it's definitely not. <laughs> the way the fashion folders are. Like, well, I don't know about that <laughs> No, it's just something else I've got on in the background, don't worry. Is it only control shot just poking you in the back and just start saying nice things? <laughs> no, unfortunately it's not. Um, right, elsewhere in the Premier League this weekend, um, Burnley-Norwich, nil-nil game. Um, very scrappy, to say the least. I don't care. Can we relegate both of them? This, this proves Agreed. That's all I was... Who's going to watch this one back? Nobody wants to hear us talk no. about this. Skip. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chelsea put three past Southampton, although it could have been more with the uh, team of Werner getting one goal ruled offside, though he did actually score, which is a miracle. I've seen... And, and, like, someone actually did the maths. I think he's had 16 goals chalked off. For VAR. Might be more. You serious? Yeah, someone done the maths. It's 
quite baffling. This guy would win the golden boot. <laughs> he actually would have won the golden boot last season, and if he hadn't had all these goals rolled off because of VAR. Um, but yeah, great bounce back for Chelsea, and they looked back to their usual self against uh, Southampton side, who obviously had to play the last twenty minutes with ten after James Ward-Prowse got sent off. Timo Werner has technically scored two weeks in a row now. So is this the best form he's ever had in a Chelsea shirt? I would say so, yes. Worth the money. <laughs> <laughs> um, Southampton, Rosas and Hootle side, I think they were always going to be up against it. They did give themselves a good credit for it, but when Ward-Prowse got sent off, correctly so as well, uh, that's when Chelsea just turned up into another gear. Yeah, obviously it's not against the look of Chelsea. You're going to judge Southampton massively. It's when they face those uh, uh, below them and just above them. They've got to start getting yeah. the wins. 100%. Uh, elsewhere in the Premier League, Leeds beat Watford 1-0. We Wolves beat Newcastle. Yes, uh, Wolves beat Newcastle 2-1 with He Chan Huang with both goals and Raul Jimenez with both assists. So that looks like a good partnership. That's coming together pretty well for them. They've needed the wins, Wolves, so that's a deserving one for them. But the thing I got from the thing that I got out of this was a line from Steve Bruce's post-match conference or Same. the presence. I don't think I've seen it. Well, it's a good thing I wrote it down. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not doing the voice. <laughs> I will not do the voice. <laughs> but the line he said was. I can't remember the keeper having a save to make, but somehow we've conceded twice. Well, I remember clearly Cardolo making two or three saves. That's not even the point because he's technically right. He didn't have a save to make because though he's too busy picking the ball out of the net. Well, yeah, but I can clearly remember two or three saves that Darlow had to make in that game anyway. So he doesn't. I don't know if we forensically analyse this. Or not, this man is a nips. How is he in the Premier League job? Well, yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I think he might be the next one to go. Um, elsewhere in the Premier League, <laughs> Brighton... It's not going to happen. I'm just being hopeful for Newcastle fans. The only way he goes if he walks. Yeah, true. It's only three million in compensation they have to pay to get rid of him. And that's too much money for uh, Mike Ashley to fork out. We're going to uh, need a few more, a few more sports like jerseys to be sold to pay that off. <laughs> Definitely a few more. Uh, Brighton Arsenal nil nil wasn't the most entertaining games though. A lot of rain. Lots of rain. Didn't help in that one. Uh, and then the Sunday fixtures: Crystal Palace and Leicester City played out a very entertaining two-two draw. Leicester went two nil up inside. Uh, the first half with Kelechi, Iheanacho and Jamie Vardy with the goals before a second half resurgence from Palace with Michael Elise scoring his first ever Premier League goal and Geoffrey Schlupp scoring uh, against his old team. Am I right in thinking Schlupp used to play for Leicester? Yeah, he's a tall winner. Yeah, I thought as much. But yet Palace. Well, I love watching them at the moment. <laughs> I don't know what's happened. Yeah. Like, they, lo- they don't come back from behind. Under Roy Hodgson. No. This game proved the difference that has already been achieved under Vieira. Yeah, a hundred percent. They would be 
they would have lost that game 3-4-0 if that was still under Roy Hodgson. No offence to Hodgson, but the way Vieira's got this team lined up is so much better and entertaining to see. Uh, Brentford won it with the last kick of the game against West Ham United. Uh, Yuan Visser scores he, uh, his second goal for Brentford in the Premier League. Uh, Brian Embuemo scored the other for uh, Thomas Frank's side. And what a crazy result that is. Did you? Brentford, Brentford. in West Ham. Brentford. Where have you been all my life? <laughs> the nearly men in the championship, that's where they've been. I know, I, I miss them. From the championship, they've always been the bogey team to Villa. <laughs> but mm. so good having them in the Premier League. We've said this enough. This is why they're here and they're going to be mainstays if they like this. You can't 100%. go toe-to-toe with a team like Brentford. Yeah, it's just so hard to try and do anything against them and like they will always be there and give you it. They're never going to shy away from it like we said in the previous show. They will like uh, they will go 100% toe-to-toe with you for the whole uh, 90 minutes. Um, and the final game that's happened this weekend, we can't skip over it, yeah, can we? Can. we? Please do. <laughs> no, I don't think we will. There's nothing to say. Tottenham. <laughs> There's just not much to say. Tottenham Hotspur beating your Aston Villa 2-1. Pierre-Emile Hoiberg and an own goal from Matty Target gives... What's even an own goal? Nuno Espirito, so... Well, you watch the Hoiberg, he does not hit that in. <laughs> yeah. I don't, know. I don't make the rules. One word for straight. <laughs> that's, that's all well, it was. One person, one person who is also going to be frustrated is Tyrone Mings. <laughs> I, I still refuse to believe this is real. <laughs> Even I mean, if, if, if there is, is video proof, if there, is, I mean, there has been a video going around on social media tonight um, showing Tyrone Mings reportedly missing the team bus after the game. Um, not the best way to head into international break, is it, lad? Didn't have a bad game. Why are you leaving him behind? How would they? Tyrone Mings, no offense, he's very recognisable. You know, he's massive. Long hair. How yeah. do you... And, oh, let's do it again. The captain. <laughs> he's genuinely baffling. Right, um, so a quick look at the table. Chelsea are top heading into this international break on 16 points. Liverpool on 15th in second. And then there's a four teams on 14th points. So Manchester City, Man United, Everton and Brighton. And down at the bottom, Norwich obviously picked up their first point of the season. And then you got Newcastle and Burnley rounding out the bottom three, which I know we said it last week, but there really doesn't look like there's going to be much change to this bottom three at all during the season, does there? Never say never. No, I do, because they're <laughs> all three are really bad this season. Oh, yeah, they're, they're shit. Don't get me wrong, they are shite. But, you know, for all we know, Newcastle will come together again when Wilson's back fit. They just they somehow do it. I don't know how, but it just happens. Mm. Even Newcastle fans are a bit like, oh, please don't. <laughs> if the Wyverers get sacked, please. Yes. Uh, let's head to the stuff around Europe because, my God, has it been also very entertaining over in Europe. We'll start off in Liege 1, over in Rennes, where they faced PSG, who had a front four of Mbappe, 
Neymar, Messi and Angel Di Maria. What was the scoreline in the end? Uh, let me check. I believe they lost 2-0. Yeah, they did. They lost 2-0. Well, we can't look at this like it's some embarrassing defeat. It's the first time they've lost this season. <laughs> yeah. To a team who were, before this weekend, quite far down the table and have had a poor start to the season uh, in their form. But yeah, not the best of weekends for PSG despite beating Manchester City in midweek in the Champions League. Elsewhere in uh, Liege 1 this weekend, Monaco put three past Bordeaux. Uh, with Alexander Golovin and Vissam Ben Yedet a part of the goal scorers there and Lille beat Marseille 2-0 with Jonathan David uh, scoring both goals and Kenkis Under being sent off for Marseille which is no surprise in that situation over in Spain which Madrid side should we start off with? Well I enjoy ripping Barcelona to shreds so yeah carry on Yep, Atletico Madrid beat Barcelona 2-0. Thomas Lamar and Luis Suarez. It had to be. We Yeah, we said Luis Suarez would be on the score sheet. I mean, just Barcelona, for fuck's sake. Just... Yeah. And Coleman's not going anywhere, so... Oh, yeah. Been given the backing by Joan Laporta this week, or these past 48 hours. So he's gone next week. I mean, after this international break, two very hard games for him. First game back, they play Valencia. Second game back, El Clasico. Mm. Well, I've got my own prediction for El Clasico, so that would be a good time to talk about Real Madrid, because I'm sure they did well this week. Yeah, no, they didn't. Oh, no, they lost as well. They also lost 2-1 again to a team that's had a poor start to the season in RCD Espanyol with Raul de Tomas and former Barcelona player Ilex Vidal scoring the goals for Espanyol whilst Karen Benzema scored the sole goal for Carlo Ancelotti's side handed them also their first defeat of the season so this is now my prediction for Al Clasico mm-hmm. in three weeks time it'll be given the WWE style stipulation of a loser gets sacked. I know they're crazy in Spain, but I don't think they're that crazy to sack Ancelotti just yet. Sorry, so you've just described Florentino Perez as not crazy enough to sack Carlo Ancelotti. This is the man who tried to form a breakaway league during a football season. Well, yeah, I mean, he's crazy in that sense, but I don't think. Uh, oh, wait, you find the music. And Ancelotti's not getting sacked just yet. Considering they're still top of the league, he's not getting the sack just yet. Um, yeah, so not the best of weeks. What have you said? Um, and we'll head over to Germany. Dortmund will start off with the positives. Beat Augsburg 2-1. Julian Brandt and Rafa Guerrero with the goals for Marco Rose's side. Borussia Mönchengladbach put three past Wolfsburg with uh, youngster Joseph Scully scoring the winner in the 18th minute, uh, 98th minute for Munching Gladbach, which is absolutely crazy to see. And If I can add something, mm-hmm. because you're about to describe Bayern Munich's result as something that's not positive. No, not just yet. I'm gonna no, mention... I'll, add my, I'll add to my point when you talk about Bayern's result. 
RB Leipzig managed to beat uh, VfL Bochum 3-0 with Christopher Nkunku scoring a brace and uh, Andre Silva scoring the other goal. Uh, Nkunku's had a really good start to the season, actually. Uh, this season for Leipzig he scored four goals one assist in the league uh, four goals in the Champions League already so and one in the German Cup as well so he knows how to find the back of the net this season now we'll talk about Bayern Munich losing 2-1 to Eintracht Frankfurt Martin Hinteregger and Philipp Kostic with the goals for Frankfurt to hand Bayern Munich defeat in the league not a good week for the big boys really was it across Europe yeah, but my point was you did describe it as something that wasn't a positive result I was just going to say that I actually think it is a very positive result because we want it to actually be a bit of a title race in Germany would be annoying now just watching Bayern walk it every year yeah I know what you mean but it it will still happen it's Bayern Munich let's be realistic Oh, yeah, of course it will. Uh, over in Italy this weekend, um, Juve left it late to beat Torino. Manuel Locatelli scoring in the 86th minute to give uh, Juventus the win in the Old Turin derby. In a result, as things stand, um, sees them fly all the way up to 7th place, which is absolutely incredible after the start to the season they've had. Is <laughs> it? You went after all this, all this star, everything that everyone has ever said today, now go and win the league. I mean, I did say, um, I don't know whether it was the last podcast or the podcast before, that um, the last time Allegri restarted this poorly was back in 2015-16, and then they did end up winning the leagues that season. So don't write them off the cards just yet. Elsewhere, Inter Milan beat Sassuolo 2-0 with Edin Dzeko and Lautaro Martinez finding the goals for Inter. Uh, Napoli beat Fiorentina 2-1 with Herbin Lozano and Amir Rahimi with the goals and Roma beat Empoli 2-0 with Henrik Mkhitaryan and Lorenzo Pellegrini scoring the goals and AC Milan are still playing Atalanta and by still playing I mean they're only 5 minutes into the game but AC Milan are 1-0 up already after Davide Calabria scored uh, in the first minute of the game right um any more talking points or is that us done for this week? I believe that's us done for this week. I'm trying to get an update on Ming's watch, but <laughs> I'm, I'm not yes. seeing um, So it is the international break now, unfortunately, which means no more good football for the next two weeks. Yeah. At least Harry Kane will actually have a chance of scoring a goal when he comes up against an Al- Andorran bank. I was about to say, we're not playing Albania the it's Andorra and Hungary, lad. No, I meant I was almost going to say Armenia. For oh, some we're definitely not playing <laughs> Armenia. Um, yeah, let's hope he can find some form because his Tottenham form has been woeful. Um, but until after the international break, because unless you plan on doing some content over the international break, I don't know. Do what? Are we doing? Are we it's doing a podcast or not? <laughs> Don't, please don't worry. Don't worry. Talk about the international break. Well, we can find some fun and interesting stuff to talk about other than international stuff. We might even bring back a favourite game or two. <laughs> right. Uh, until next time, it's goodbye from Brad. See ya. And it's goodbye from me. We'll see you soon. <laughs>